Okay, so uh, hi everyone. My name is Nathan Chung, and welcome to the Neurosec podcast at the intersection between neurodiversity and cybersecurity. This is the start of a new season. My name is Nathan Chung, and today my special guest is Asta uh, Sani. She is technical trainer at Exabeam, ambassador for Sneak, and founder and chair of BBWIC, break, stands for Breaking Barriers Women in Cybersecurity. Welcome, Asta. Hello, Nathan. Thank you so much for inviting me today. I'm so excited that the new season for Neurosec has started, and I'm so happy to be here. Thanks. Great. I think, first of all, it's great to finally meet you at the Ally of the Year Awards last week in San Francisco. It was as <laughs> quickly we chatted. Uh, we, we know each other for some time on, on, on the social media, so it was great to meet you in person. So happy to see your BBW group win the award for being the top nonprofit. How does it feel? And tell me more about BB Weekend. What does your group do? Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I really loved meeting because I know last week I met a lot of people in person and you were one of them because we, we chatted a lot on social media and I was so waiting to meet you. So it was a great, great experience. And talking about the award for BB Week, I, I think um, all the hard work, I would say that we have put in as we started off BB Week initially as a lean in circle and then we registered it as a non-profit because I started the circle actually the lean in circle initially with a vision to support the existing women in cybersecurity because as as a woman who is already in the industry I already used to have questions like uh where like where do I see myself how can I grow in an industry which is ever-evolving, changing all the time? And if I want to pursue a very widespread career in cybersecurity, and, and in terms of widespread, I mean is moving careers within the security, like moving from one domain to another domain, and at the same time, moving up in the ladder of leadership, what does it take? And cybersecurity is no different from IT industry. When we look at the overall women workforce, there's still very less women in executive roles. There are still very less women in the board roles. And of course, um, we have seen a rise of women workforce across the world in different, different industries, including cybersecurity. But still, the overall number is insignificant. Still, I, I don't see many women in those uh, high-level roles. And those were the questions I had in mind, like, how do you perceive how do you grow and we have to learn so much in the in this particular industry every day there is an attack every day there is a new vulnerability so how do we keep up with that how do we keep on upscaling ourselves how do we take care of our families and still work dedicatedly in this field which requires a lot of time and dedication so that's that was the vision with which i started off with this foundation i started off with like 20 members initially and then we grew up to like 160 or 170 right now so we grew very fast and the support that we have received from the women in our foundation is tremendous tremendous in terms of how they are ready to contribute same in the community like it's communities about give and take so as they receive support from us how well they are ready to support us in the growth of the foundation identifying um existing problems and go towards the solutions now so not just talking about oh we are women what should we do how do we grow it's it's not about this anymore we know we are women i know we are in the industry so it's no more talking about how to get inside the cybersecurity industry it's about finding solutions to those existing problems 
which in, a lot of it includes inclusiveness a lot of it includes um inclusiveness in terms of women in the industry as they are planning to move up in the ladder definitely and can you explain how how does bb wick help women in cyber like can you can you tell me more about the programs yeah sure 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 so currently we have four to five uh board areas in place and those board areas are strategically focusing on let's say our community development so there is one area which really focus on engaging our members making sure that our members don't feel fall apart many times um i have like i have myself observed that you are alone in a slack channel and nobody's talking to you just say a hi and people say hi to you and that's it that's the end of the conversation so we make sure we talk about not only the work we do but also about the day to day physical activities so we have a cyber walk to run channel which has been started by sydney beckman she's um sydney is one of our uh, board members for community development and uh, we really focus on encouraging members for shout outs so we have our shout outs for example anytime someone gets a promotion anytime someone has a good day anytime someone is speaking irrespective of the fact that it's not a big conference even if it's a small meetup we give those small shout outs because i think all of us have a hard day we don't know it what's going on personally so those shout outs are very important so we are making sure we do that in terms of community development then academic research is something we are really focusing on megan and harini they are leading that area and we are here focusing on how people can submit their submissions and uh, on conferences so for example if they have a good topic in mind uh, how they can pivot that topic like how do how they can research how how they can review papers how they can submit those topics that becomes important and second thing we have seen is many of us including me i'm really interested to write more research papers i have wrote two but after my wow. college degree i have not written anything in terms of research paper or white paper so and this was this was the concern of most of us in the community and we thought of it like okay in our academic and research we will be focusing more on people uh, making up groups and writing a research paper because that's that's uh, something that we want to do but you you need that constant support getting that initial support support for your research is not very easy when you are uh, researching finding out the problems and what's what's applicable or, or what uh, what uh, what is tangible what is non tangible so all of these aspects come into picture then we have career advancement as well so career advancement area focuses uh, it's led by seema and margo so margo is actually a recruiter seema is from cisco she she's she's a manager there so both of them um are working with us to help members identify negotiations help members identify what can be their worth when they are applying for a job i literally it was very sad i was an instructor before xbeam at flatiron school so i taught there for like 2 years i interacted with some of my students and we did we did discuss a few things about their roles and their salary expectations and i was shocked to see they were on really low salaries and uh, they they really hold good skills it's just they started off they they had to start with a very low salary and it hurts me because i i i have taught them i've seen their skills so we came up with this problem like they should know when they are applying for job how to negotiate they should know what's what's their worth they should not be living in a bubble where they don't know uh, what they are earning is very less so salary negotiations and um, making a research on different types of salaries at various levels has become very important helping individuals not only brush up their resume i think communication skills is very important very yeah, important i'm, I'm not yeah yes because 
I think communication is not the sole skill, but it's a contributing skill when you have knowledge. Because when you have knowledge, if you're not able to contribute, uh, if you're not able to communicate that well, it might not go to the other person very deeply, or they right. might not be able to absorb. So we are in the process of helping our members. Like what we do is we have monthly meetups. So we encourage our members to participate and present as speakers so that thereafter, once they are done with the session, we can share some of our feedbacks with them. Like, okay, what went good? What needs improvement? How they can work better? So these are some of the major areas. And the last one, which I am really focusing on being like, I've switched uh, domains within cybersecurity. So one of the biggest struggle was how to switch domains within cybersecurity. So we have just started off with the SME program, which is a subject matter expert program, where we focus to bring experts and companies through which our members can get trained in the area they would like to switch to. Ah. Like what does it take? Uh, what tools of trade? And they can directly interact with companies in uh, in this manner if the companies are involved. So we have our very first company, the very inaugural of our SME would be done very soon by the end of this month. And we have Elasticsearch with us. They are going to talk about the product, uh, what the product really is about and how it can be used from security aspects. So someone who's switching in terms of, let's say, log monitoring, infrastructure monitoring. So for them, within our group, it would be a great, great session. And otherwise also, even if you're not planning to switch, it's it's good to know through these sessions, okay, what's happening in different domains so that you can get a broader view of what's happening in the industry. So wow. that is something um, we are actually in the work, on the works to do. That's amazing because that is something that it is very hard to do. It's like when, once you get into a certain domain, it is often very difficult to switch because the, the knowledge is not necessarily transferable. But the fact that, that your the your, your group has that that's amazing it's easy to see why you, why your group won uh, the top nonprofit award <laughs> so, uh, how does you it, so how, how, how does it feel to win an award i think it feels good to be honest when uh, when you start something you really need that support and motivation i'm really thankful to you carmen and the whole group of intelligenca and united cybersecurity alliance too to provide this this opportunity to give us this platform to be there and actually won the award like winning the award was a big moment because uh you need that motivation to do things far more good so for example if we are planning to do something we have our own bad days when we feel yes. like are we doing right are we doing correctly like things correctly or am i in the right direction so an award is like a support. It's, it says a lot in terms of people who support you. And as well, I think my whole group has been super duper happy because they're working really hard in the back end. Like we do, we do see meetups, we do see multiple posts coming, but this whole board area and the leads with me, Shruti Rupa and Saman, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I forgot to mention their name, but they have been tremendously very, very supportive. I, I think I could have not done without them. Like, Someone is bang on, like really good in management. Like she has grown so quick, so fast. Like I've seen tremendous change. To be honest, one of the things is when you work and when you really work in community, your personality changes. I've seen those mm. personality changes. I've seen Shruti Rupa coming out, coming out in the sense like she's an introvert. She talks mm. in conferences, but she's she's not really like an expert, extrovert person. Now she's presenting. Now she's holding events within the community. So to see that change, which is coming, not just in terms of members, but with the people, the leads we, I'm working with, um, it makes me really happy because I think that's that's my vision is um, since my childhood, I, I, I want to share something. 
wherever i go even any competition like maybe annual functions in school or any competition that used to happen i always wanted my friends with me i never wanted to go wow. because because um i i always felt like i'm alone even if i go alone who would be there in uh, at at that destination with me i really want people to share that happinesses and i think any award that you might win will not count if you don't have people with you if you definitely just leave, yes and nobody can do this alone at any like if bbwic foundation if bbwic is here today it's it's i started it i i know i'm working with different areas but if they are not working with me i just cannot do anything alone this this growth which i have which i have seen will not have come here if i do not have these leads like saman shruti sana sana and the creative team amazing like i have very few words to speak about them but these are some real heroes i'm really working with in the back end so this really means a lot to them as well like more than me it really means a lot to them you know that's incredible and going back to what you said earlier the especially about the salary it is sadly true that sometimes some cyber jobs don't pay as well and when it looks at the landscape when when a person interviews for a job one of the very common interview questions is what was your was what is your current or past salary history and studies have shown time and again that this one question has kept down the wages for for women especially women who are not white and i'm happy that some it, it, some history in some states like such as colorado and um some parts of atlanta and some other states they have state laws on the books that prohibit that one question and that has that has slowly changed around the landscape so now instead of the salary history question now you you cannot ask you that and and keep your wage low now you can ask pay me the market rate now add to that recent new the past day or so so microsoft they they will they they will take it a step further with uh they will show in their job descriptions the range the salary range we more transparent with displaying salary ranges i think this is going to be a huge a this is going to be huge because no cuz uh companies will no longer have an excuse to pay people less you'll yes. you will see up front this is a salary range and you you can you can decide right off the back to whether not to apply for the job or not i think now how do you feel i think like the points you mention are absolutely right i think one of the reasons like why like i have seen um in my own group in my own foundation as well in um, among some of the friend colleagues i have that uh, they are earning less and the the earning less part actually i also feel comes from lack of awareness like uh, like as i said for example we don't have a lot of legal knowledge and sometimes if you are in those kinds of scenarios you might not know what's right what's wrong same goes here when we are applying for a job applying uh, not only we apply for a job we have to research what are the salary ranges what it should be like what i should be asking if someone ask me so and so question about my past history how i should be responding to that in the most apt manner i think that is that is very these are very small things but they become big when you really are applying for a job and you're really at the process of negotiation because that is going to make change because if you are unaware and you are not talking about it you're not asking about it you're not going to get it so you know, i think you're absolutely right and i'm dropping into the chat for everyone that's attention to 
website showing the list of various states that have outlawed the, that salary history question. Some states include like Hawaii, Maine, New York, Ohio, this many states, I would say, so this is really good. But I think you're right. A lot of people are not even aware that this is state law. The companies cannot yes. ask you that. Yes. And I've seen from the other from the other side, some execs at these, these companies, they hate this. They hate this transparency of the salary because then they cannot underpay workers and say, ha, yes. it's too bad. Because the sad truth is cybersecurity budgets at many companies is very small because so as many execs, they, they see cybersecurity as expense. They doesn't bring sales or revenue. So why should why should we give budget to cybersecurity? So this this is a huge, how you say, barrier yeah. that 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 prevents people from Most getting the, the salary. Yes. Yes, because they're not they're, actually they're not looking exactly at ROI. It's I I I I've I've read it somewhere and it was very funny. They're looking at the rosy. It's return of security investment. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. so that's that's what they're looking at. And it's sad because these people are working really hard, extra time. And one of the other things I want to share is like coming from India, when, when I started my job, when you want to go in that particular domain and you want to really start, the companies, the other side, they know you are needy. They know you want it. They know whatever happens at the end of the day, you are going to come back because uh, getting a starting job is is not easy most of the times. And I, I think that is also one of the scenarios when and I've seen uh, people falling victim to, to this, including me in the past, because I really wanted to start and I had no choice. And and especially like in India, you have too many applicants and the jobs are less. Uh, if you say no, they're going to hire someone at a lower rate. Absolutely. And, and and that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. And add to that, I've been met women, I even know some friends, they stay in horrible jobs that are low paying because sadly it's like when you look at situations for people outside of work, you know, think like some people they struggle as a single parent or they're near poverty or homelessness or they just struggle they just they graduate from college and they struggle to get that first job. They Sometimes they wind up in very horrible, low-paying job, and it's like being stuck in quicksand. They, they cannot get out of that because it's like you need the job, and so you're kind of stuck there. And for some people, they cannot see a way out. They can't see that they can make so much more money if they if they get help or they ask for help or ask for what you, ask for what you want. Like I want that pay rate. I want the promotion. Like yep. a lot of people are ver not very good. It includes myself. I'm not very good for advocating for myself. And, and I think we should be because we totally deserve it. And like when you start working, when you start working on a role and when you are being paid less, you're usually not happy because you're doing ton of work with less salary. It's And it's it's not good. It's not good at all. And I think that is something we advocated within our community as well. As I talked to a few members, like you should switch. You should switch if you have spent like let's say six months and you really feel because sometimes the salaries are as low as like forty thousand dollars. Oh wow. Forty that's or thirty five thousand dollars. That's insane. That's insane. Thirty five thousand dollars, forty thousand, forty five thousand dollars. It's it's not even the average salary. And 
I I was like surprised looking at it and I was like we should do something about it at least we should we should have uh something related to negotiation we should have something related to yes. salaries different roles yes. and salaries if we can um do something about it so that's that's what we are trying to do in career advance when it's not just about finding jobs finding jobs and is is I know is another task and I also found two different uh, challenges in finding jobs. One is one is like one is when when you're starting a career. Second is you're already in IT and you're switching into cyber. So you're a manager. Let's mm-hmm. say you are manager in as a scrum master or what whatever. Let's say testing, quality assurance, like whatever is your past experience, and you're you're switching. These people are also getting salaries as low as forty-five or sixty, and oh. I'm not so happy about it. Wow. So somebody who's from this position is 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 making a switch. They don't deserve it. I think. Yeah, I agree. If if you cannot match up, like one of the things is to at least match up their existing salary if they're switching. I would say that yes. won't hurt people if they are switching. If if yep. we cannot pay them more, but at least we should respect the experience they are bringing. because yep. some especially if someone is coming from IT only i think switching to cyber is not very tough yeah and um, even if they are coming from yeah. different industry we should at least match up those skills and especially from recruitment point of view it was very hard i have seen like there was uh, i have few instances of other members who were on maternity leave and after that they took a break of a year because they wanted to spend that time with their child and there is no wrong about it there is no right or wrong about this and when they were back in the uh, in the industry like when they were back in in applying for jobs they were not getting jobs mm that's sad okay and back to what you said earlier it's like even among women in cybersecurity i see a lot of division because one even as a male i i'm i'm a male ally for women and usually the common narrative is women of course and obviously help other women right and i talked to some women sadly this is not not always the case but one woman i could uh talk about her like her name's Kelly Gorman she told me some very powerful story like when she helps she really helps women especially for the salary like for example when she helps women get into uh Microsoft she works with the execs and other the hiring managers to make sure that that the friends and especially those women are paid as much as possible i think great those, that is right there is a great example of women helping women because we really as as community and as not just uh the as a cyber community we really need to help each other out in order to get get Now uplift each other and to get uh, a better salary and to advance each other. But uh, how how is your view? Has uh, uh, have you ha- have other women helped you in your career? I would say yes and no both because I I have met different people across uh, of my time span in the industry. Like I started working with community since 2015, so it's been a long time. It's already 2022. It's been seven years. So I had my own. personal professional experiences but one thing for sure that i've seen is those women like you gave an example those who help you they help you dearly no matter what they become your strong support system they are there for you but when you look at the overall larger community or larger section of it i still see there is lack of communication i still see cyber is being seen as a career of influencing a cyber mm-hmm. is being seen a career uh, a hot career like whenever people are also thinking about switching cyber they also th- start to think about oh it's a hot career it's going to give me popularity I- and i think that's very untrue because then it just becomes a matter of influencing others and 
I'm not saying if you become popular, that's something bad, but in the process of becoming popular, in the process of influencing others, people are going to follow you. You must yes. remember this. And when people are going to follow you, initially, we just follow blindly. Yes. We just start following traits, which I don't think so are right because cyber is a very, very hardworking field. If, yes. you, if you feel it's all about, like, I know networking is very important. Like yesterday also, I was, on a, I was on a podcast. I know networking is very important. It's good to know people why. Because when you're trying to make that switch, when you are trying to connect, those connections become your bridge. Okay. Yes. But that is not going to make your career. If somebody's referring you and you're not working hard for it, it's not going to make your career. Let's say you find a job today and if you're not working hard, if the focus is always on social media and like just publicizing things, I don't think so. It's going to impact the career in the larger run because it requires a lot of work. Like I've lit when I was switching domains, I ha I was literally up in the night for like two a.m. Then I used to wake up oh. in the morning at six a.m. because I was working. I was working practically. I was making sure that the work is right. If if I'm switching, of course I'm I'm learning something new, and it's not easy. So I think 2020 was one year I was working for like 16 hours a day. And wow. my job didn't ask yeah. me to do that. My job didn't ask me to do that. Trust me, my uh, my company didn't ask me to do that. It was me. I was working hard because I knew I want to work hard so that I can make that switch more good for me. I can, as an instructor, it was important for me to teach people right. As an instructor, it was important for me to know the minute details of the concepts. And when I talk about concepts, it's not about theory because I was working with tools and I was working with several tools from their configurations to their implementations to deployments. And when you have students, they are coming from varied backgrounds. They do have deep dive questions. You have to troubleshoot a lot. Mm -hmm. So you should be in order to be capable of doing this, you have to put on that time. And when I come back to the uh, to this conversation of hours of women supporting women, I think there is being a lot said on uh, internet about uplifting, helping, supporting. But I think we are still doing. I think I try to do my best. Many out there, I know, like I know lovely people like Lynn. I know lovely people like Jessica. They're doing some great, great job. But still, as I say, when we look at the global workforce. Um, we we really need to start talking about solutions and implementing solutions, not just mm. stating problems. Because you know, when we state problems, we just talk about it. You know, you're absolutely right. And one unfortunate, I say the elephant room, so to speak, uh, is that in the past few years, here, in, especially here in the U.S., there's been a lot of things like social justice movement. There's a lot of talk around the politics. And many, even more so many in cybersecurity, have been vocal in support for or against those uh, movements and those uh, political ideas, especially on social media. That fortunate consequence is a lot of people don't realize is when we do all these things on social media, when we go for a job, many players can and probably do essentially take all that information and paint a picture. Like you can essentially create a personal profile based on everything you stay yeah. and do on podcasts, uh, writing articles, or even conference talks, put all that together. And when employers look at that, they can easily decide real, really quick, should they hire you or not? And there will be yes. those out there who hate this, who 
who supported the social justice movements, it will say that them being denied a job for supporting social justice, social justice is wrong. But we, when I look at it from a company's point of view, they also have to manage the risk because if they hire someone who is has how you say, who is very big on social justice and who might have radical ideas or might feel for or against a certain position, that creates risk for a company because in our, in our cyber world, we have insider threat. And if a person is a potential insider threat, perhaps maybe they should not be hired. It's things like that, which small things like that, which a lot of people don't even think about when they post on social media or do conference talks. They, it's things it's like that. But how do you feel? <laughs> I think I think that's true. That's true because many times when we are making an opinion, of course, everybody has the right to make their own opinion. But you are being seen everywhere. Okay, so yes. if, if you're if you're putting anything on social media, even one word, that's seen. And if you yes. think that it will not be drilled down, um, it can be. So and back and back up to what you said earlier about so many people like they want to be like social media influencers. It reminds me of a quote from a uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man like. Because once you become a social media influencer, you have twenty, thirty thousand followers. It's a, it is also, it, it looks great in paper. It's something to, essentially, you become famous. But on the flip side, you have a lot of responsibility. You exactly. To... I was just going to say that it's your. It becomes your responsibility, not in terms of uh, how you're portraying yourself on social media, but at the same time, what you're doing is going to be followed by the generations to come. Yes, like they, exactly. they, there are there are students in school, there are students in college, and if they follow wrong example, then we are not going in the right direction. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We are and solving also, a problem here. We are solving solving a global crisis here. Yes. There, there was an about and about cyber war uh, happening, so it's yes, it's, it's no joke. It's yep, no totally, joke at all. Totally. And I want to go back to uh, what you were mentioning earlier. Like, so you're currently a trainer technical trainer at Exabeam, like your, your instructor and your teacher. Now, mm -hmm. normally in terms of cybersecurity careers, most people, they think only stock or hacker, only offense, defense, but people don't think about the rainbow because in cybersecurity, it's literally a rainbow of many, many various different career options and teachers and trainers such as yourself, it's, it is a very important job because we need to keep training the, the future generations to keep adding to the workforce but i do need to ask like since it is a non-common cybersecurity career option so what made you want to be a trainer or a teacher i think at the very first place i always like it unconsciously like in my unconscious side of the brain i, I always wanted to be a teacher i didn't i didn't just know it um i was a tech person from the beginning i loved computers from my school time but there was another thing which I used to do from my school time was to teach my batchmates, to teach my classmates. Wow. And this is what I used to do. I, I used to teach them maths. I used to teach them C++ because I, I had, after my high school, in my plus 12, 11th and 12th, I was I, I had C, C++. So I used to make a group, like my whole group used to be there. I And, and they, they become so used to it because when exams used to be there, they used to be like, oh, 
you read everything and then just few days before exams you're going to teach us so we used to have like study groups we used to come to school and especially days before exam there are no classes it's just students we used to study in groups and so i love teaching it and and in fact i love teaching after coming back home as well i had my neighbor friends as well they used to come home especially uh, in india we used to have our board exams and we used to like sit together and um, uh, like study physics on off i used to make schedules so i i really loved that when i switched to college when i started pursuing my bachelor's degree in computer science at that point i was to be honest first few years i was enjoying college life i was so happy being in college <laughs> but eventually when when you start moving to your senior year in the college you start to realize like okay what do i like and what i should be so when i applied for my first job uh, after my college degree i, I didn't like it I don't know, but I didn't like it. I used to feel like I am doing something which thousands of people are doing, and and millions of people are already ahead of it. Let's say in terms of Java, when I completed my degree, already people were doing so much in Java. So I just gave a thought one day, like if I start now in Java, and five years down the lane, I would be still behind. So what innovative am I doing here? What what impact am I making here? Because if my job is not making an impact, it's a routine job. it it does not make me happy I, i i always wanted challenges some excitement in my job so then i decided to like go for a masters program explore what i really like and when i was applying for masters i got into cybersecurity i explored this area as well and trust me i was alone i used to go to my counselings alone i used to explore my colleges alone my my parents did not know what i was doing i was just on my go and when i started off these jobs like i started with like as a consultant so i have worked in consultant in the industry being an identity access management consultant or application security consultant but while simultaneously i was working with communities i really like giving sessions i i really like explaining concepts to people when i used to meet meet people on linkedin or in person and if they just shoot some questions on concepts i used to spend time explaining that so i started recognizing and sometimes I started helping people if they don't want help because that was in me. I was like, "Oh, you want this? I can help you." So before even they start saying, I start teaching them. So I started wow. again. I did an introspection and I was like, "Okay, this is weird. I don't want to be a pylon on people who don't want to study because I just want to teach people." It was <laughs> it was funny, and I realized all of this when I was laid off. So when I came to the US, I started my job. uh in 2019 so i came to the us early 2019 after my marriage and after that i applied for a job i was an am engineer here and one fine day i was laid off and first it was a shock because i didn't know it mm. was very common i was already feeling very homesick because i knew i was at a good place but still i was never been so far away from my family so it, i was like all down i was just thinking what i could do and i think at that point when I and Zoe, we were working for communities, and we used. I, I used to go to a city very often, and I started doing volunteer trainings because I was free and I was applying for jobs. So one of my friends suggested me, like, why don't you apply for an instructor or a trainer mm. kind of a role? And in cyber itself, like, this is going to combine your skills that you already might have, and it can really help you because you really like to help people. So. i just gave it a thought and and then i was like why will people actually select me i don't have a prior experience in instructing and teaching and being a trainer mm-hmm. and i started applying roles and to be honest the community volunteer trainings that i did couple of trainings which were on youtube or in person trainings like the pictures i had from those trainings that really 
helped me validating what I can do. So I think the first barrier that you need to cross is to get to an interview, at least very first interview. So those volunteer trainings that I did actually broke that barrier for me mm. at that point. And when when you get the chance, then you are on the stage. You can show your best skills. So I think at that point, I, I might have done well. That's why I got get selected. But but yes, um, I did some teach uh, test training sessions there. So as part of my interviews, I was not just being... Um, tested for my skills in cybersecurity, but my training skills as well. Like, how do you engage audience? How do you explain concepts? Hmm. One of the important things is, irrespective of who your audience is, a non-cyber or a cyber-specific audience, how do you explain concepts? How do you give examples? And especially COVID had hit at that point, you had to be virtual. So how much Absolutely. impact you can create on people when you are teaching them. So I think that really hit off well. And I really enjoyed my teaching spree at Flatiron School. It was wonderful. Like still now, I think it has really helped to build my communication skills as well, to be honest, because when you are always talking, you're on the go, um, it really helps you. And I think as I helped students in the last two years, as I'm training now, it gives me the satisfaction at the end of this. So when there is the last day of my training or last day at my teaching in Flatiron School, when you get that feedback that, oh my God, I learned something from you. I'm going to apply this on my job interview. I'm going to, and right now, as I am a trainer at XBeam, when, when my customer says, I'm going to apply this when I'm going to work in my day-to-day -day job because they're learning the product. So anything Absolutely. that you teach them and they are applying in, your, in their day-to-day -day cybersecurity job, it makes a huge difference. And I think um, this impact might not be very big, <laughs> but it, to myself, it's big because it I is know big. somehow I am yeah. creating an impact on people and their lives and their You know what? Lives. And absolutely, you're totally right. And a lot of people don't realize, like, we as a cyber, especially those of us in cyber, the trainers and people, teachers, that is so critical for the cybersecurity workforce. And like, to be some other example, like Dr. Mansur Hasib and also, uh, Dr. Uh, what's the name? Amreen Professor Abreen Siraj, the the founder of Wesis. Like they're all teachers. Like, but people don't know. They don't consider this as a career option, but it's very much needed. And I want to go back to something you said earlier about like when you were laid off from your job. Uh, I just saw an article just last night that the state of the cybersecurity industry there are starting to have some layoffs here and there because lack of return. Like when you look at the news, the U.S. economy and global economy, the state of the world is ain't that great right now. You have the war in Ukraine, you have the, uh, some, even, thing, even small things, like it's hard to find like baby formula and all these small things, like like return, the world is in crisis and the stock market, just look at the stock market, the stock market is in the toilet and all this means there's less money around, there's less money for cybersecurity budget. So the unfortunate truth is like the, the layoffs are happening. It, it is happening and the, because when people think of cybersecurity, they think they look at the cybersecurity skills gap that there's plentiful amounts of jobs and there's all high paying, but the statute is changing. It's, it's growth is slowing, the money is slowing down. And I think a lot, a lot of us in the cyber field and those who are thinking at energy field, like we gotta take a hard look and maybe think about that. <laughs> How do you feel? Yes, absolutely. I think you brought a very, very important point here because um, the summer season is about applying jobs, getting new jobs, because th these are the times when people apply for new jobs. And at the same time, we have college students and different types of professionals who are thinking of a switch or applying for different roles. Um, I 
think one of the criteria right now, looking at the state of the world, as as you mentioned about the Ukraine war and um, the stock market going upside down and it's crashing right now badly. So looking at all these aspects, it's important to look at the state of a company that you're also applying for. Like where are they at? What is their state? Are there any current layoffs being done in those companies? Um, like everything is in the, in the news most of the times. So, so it's important to do that research as well when you apply for jobs because uh, this is really going to impact your future experience. Because so it's, it's I, better to be yeah. proactive. It's good yep, to be totally proactive. Agree. I bring this up because historically, when the, when the economy is not doing that well, who bears the brunt of the layoff? Who usually uses, loses their job first? The women, women, the mothers. So this is very, it's a huge risk that a lot of people should think about because especially those who are single parents who are just barely making it and they want, I mean, so many people, they want very badly to get into cyber, but current but the, the current state of the world i really do believe that the the percentage of women in cyber will decline a bit because because of the current state of the economy and the layoffs that that we're starting to slowly see how do you, how do you feel i i feel to be very to be honest very disappointed like when i hear these things like women are the most common ones um it's hard and especially yes. when it has happened to me it's not a very pleasing experience to yeah. go through it's it's not it's not and and i and i feel bad i think one of the uh, when when we talk about dei and inclusion 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 policies i'm so sorry for my tongue twist so uh, when all of this comes into picture i think when you talk about equity I think when we, when we say equity, it's like looking at everyone from the same perspective. So when I hear like women are the most ones who lose their jobs, mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. We are practicing equity, even though companies might be checking off their list of DEI yes. of hiring individuals. Come on, that's that's that seems to be honest, very really like a checklist. If you are just it doing it for a checklist, <laughs> and when these situations, like the the, the situations like um, layoffs and recessions, when these kinds of situations comes, I think this is the testing time when inclusivity needs to be implemented. So um, right right now, women are equally capable of sustaining a job and sustaining a family together, and. And I think most of the time when we have these women communities, not for advocating just about women or advocating just about like, oh my God, oh, we need something. It's it's about equality. It's about equity that we are trying to create here. It's not about we are fighting with other genders. No, it's, mm. it's, it's about bridging that gap. It's about making us feel equal. So it's at this moment of time, I would not really like women to be more frightened about this mm. as compared to men. Um, if if this if this challenge has come, I think everybody is equally involved here, not partially mm. involved here. And I think that's where inclusivity should go. When when companies talk about DEI, I I feel really sad about it. Yeah, I know. And me, I'm I'm no diversion, so I have autism, ADHD. So the percentage unemployment rate for people like me in the workforce is very high. So it's a bit troublesome. So back back up to what you said earlier, the layoffs like for for the audience like when you lost your job and you got laid off uh, what did you do how did you bounce back first week hard very hard the very Mm. first day was shocking it Mm. was shocking because i was just taking in the news and like what just happened and i was nowhere around and involved because i was doing very good in my job to be honest uh this this is this once in one instance I, i i don't think so i've shared anywhere just before, just before a week of my layoff, 
I received an award in the company. Wow. So, so this this is where I'm going. Like I certainly knew I was not wrong. It's it's just the staffing needs in the company changed. The project I was working on something changed on that side. So as a resource, something changed from the company mm. perspective. But but but, however you understand, I got the comp of pay as well. It's it's not like that. I I got the severance pay, but. It's hard for you when you know I didn't do anything wrong. Why? Why yes. did I lose my job? Yeah. And 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 I think now when I think now, I think it happened for good. It it gave me the time to realize what I truly want from my career because that was the time. At least for a week, I was just in that like you are in a breakup emotion. Like like the company is breaking up with you. It's like a boyfriend or a girlfriend who is breaking <laughs> yes. up with you and, and they're not telling you why they are breaking up with you. So it, it happened like that and for a week and then I was like, okay, let's get back. So what I did was I, I started off with Cyber Preserve. I, uh, what, what, what really important for me at that time was, as I said, I don't like to be alone. I, I always want people to be around or to be with people at certain points. So since I was working with communities, I started my own channel, Cyber Preserve. I started building my own mentorship program. Wow. So I was like, okay, let's let's focus energy on right things so that I can prepare as well. Because as I will prepare to mentor people, as I will prepare to build those videos out of Cyber Preserve, I will be revising my own concepts and Till the time I get a job call, I should be doing this. So I did this like for those months. Like Cyber Preserve really happened when I was laid off. I started Cyber Preserve in early 2020, and um, I think in by uh, in December 2019 I was laid off. So I I started Cyber Preserve somewhere around in January 2020. So. That was, uh, I started working on that. I, I started looking for uh, technical roles. I started looking for a part-time job, at least till the time I can get my own job. So I, I, I do, I did get a part-time job as well with the help of Jessica Robinson. Jessica wow. was uh, f- like good enough to uh, recommend me at various positions. Zoe was good enough to recommend me at various positions at that point. And as I was in my recruit, like as I was in the job application process, I literally worked on like multiple videos multiple concept videos like pen testing uh application security network security so i was building those videos for cyber preserve building that hold on cyber preserve i actually made a video on how to prepare for jobs especially at the mm-hmm. time of covid 19 while while you might because to, okay funny thing was there covid 19 happened literally three months after i lost my job so wow. bef- before that time I just thought it's me. After COVID-19, a lot of people lost their jobs. And that point, that buffer time that I had, that three months, really brought me to that fact, like, I should help people. What if they also lose job? Absolutely. And, and COVID happened in February. So I made a video. I didn't post it, I think, till March. But when COVID happened and people were losing that job, I realized, like, okay, I can help people now because I've just went through that phase. So I I actually created a video on um, how to get job when you are impacted by COVID-19, mm, um, how to prepare. Incredible. So yeah. that, that happened. And I think that really helped me. It, it made me happy because even though those small things I was doing, I was going to the city, teaching, it used to make me happy. I was not at wow. home just sitting and thinking <laughs> what to do next. So, That's incredible, think... and and you know what the what I like to tell people, 
especially in the IT and cyber field, there is no real job security anymore. And even if you're in a job, you know, you know you're in a war, doing really well, we need to keep learning, keep training. For One common thing I hear from a lot of other people is keep learning and keep training for the next job because yes. layoffs can occur at any time, even more so right now in our current point of history. It's, I think pretty soon there, there is not going to be a cybersecurity skills gap per se. In fact, I would even challenge people that cybersecurity skills gap is fake because if a pay, if a job is out there is not getting filled because it is paying less than the market rate, almost no one will take that job, and that's the truth. Yes. But yes, but a lot of people don't realize that 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 is one of the reasons why there's so many jobs out there because the pay is so low, and, and uh, it's hard. Yep. Yep, you it you hard. want to be it. You want to be paid at least decent when you are giving eight hours of your day and you didn't want to celebrate your life you don't want to be hand to mouth you don't want to be hand to mouth so um i i will highly recommend to people because when you apply for job make sure at least you ask for a decent amount yeah otherwise no and it all goes back to what i said earlier about the salary history like i'm happy that certain many states have laws state laws to ban that salary history question and i'm also happy to see microsoft they just posted the other day that they're going to have the salary ranges for all jobs that is so great I, I think that's amazing it's it's good to know and yep. i think um platforms like glassdoor they really help you they oh, really yes, help you. Definitely. So when i was applying for uh, applying for jobs uh, in the last few months i like now it's been months now it, it was last year late so when i was applying for jobs at that point i literally looked at all those numbers because it's important to you what what is being offered and is it, it is going with the market price is it going with what you're doing is it going to uh, help you better your career and not just your finances so a lot, a lot of these questions um they are important to consider not many time we look at it and one of the big reason is lack of awareness yes absolutely and the flip side i i even know some cybersecurity execs they hate this this the salary ranges being posted openly because they want to pay workers less and the reason why in many companies they view cybersecurity as expense it doesn't bring sales or revenue or growth to the company so it why... does bring ransomware though it does bring <laughs> ransomware though yep. i guess yep. <laughs> but the, and, and the, it's it, not funny <laughs> yeah but the end result of all this is cybersecurity budget is ver- usually very small in many companies so the the salary the salary is low and it's it's sad but Cybersecurity is still not taken seriously at many companies. That's actually very, I'm surprised because it's been a long time. And uh, like we have been talking about like all this around cybersecurity going, jobs, career, tax. I think now companies should be well aware of this fact. Like it's it's <laughs> a very integral part of any one, industry. One example right is... Uh, of how mainstream it is, I remember on this show on HBO called Silicon Valley, where this guy engineer was just going down a list of all the companies that have been breached. And yes. they, but the message that says is we we as a society are so used to the data breaches and the lack of security that we're it's we we get used to it. We're going to get breached anyway. That's it's, the sad part. But. It's some of these attacks are like close to nation state attacks and yes. global now. And I think yes. it's, 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 it's a very, very big concern. 
and Absolutely. the growth that okay i think one important thing to bring here is as we are as we are planning to go to the meta world it's it's not it's not going to bring less data it's going to bring more data <laughs> yep more data yes <laughs> so it's 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 like moving from our normal www to our social media stuff in the early 2000 <laughs> yes. it's it's and i don't think so it stopped bringing data it, it i think it brought no sql databases into yeah, picture <laughs> so it's it's going to bring more data you really have to manage a lot of things and when when we are in the terms of meta we have to manage your human emotions and touch as well it's everything is going to be monitored everything is going to be seen observed and it's going to impact a lot of compliances lot of yes. laws and policies so yes um i think cyber is going going to be like grow, growing strength to strength in terms of uh, being an integral part of the industry and um i think in terms of women as well as in terms of an industry i think now is the time um i yesterday i was reading a post from vimeo ceo anjali and she posted about she came back from a maternity leave and uh, she was in anxiety and stress when she was going uh... on that leave because many times women um around these roles when uh, they are going on leaves is is not very like it's not perceived a uh, very positive like that's what we have seen in the past and she went with the same emotion and she shared great great news when she was coming back from her maternity leave that she went with that emotion but all the inclusiveness all the changes that uh, she found in the leadership and in the overall company has has really helped her so i think now is the time for company to realize like uh, cybersecurity it is going to protect your data is cybersecurity is an integral part of whatever work you do and at the same time for women i think it's it's rather than being being a competition for each other today i think it's it's when we say i think we have heard it at many places women saying that we want more leaders we want more ceos this is not going to happen if we are going to become competition for each other i don't mm. think so men take each other as competition competition is healthy but i somehow feel um this um like when you are coming from like we we see in the news like a woman becoming a ceo a woman becoming the first woman at some place so those news comes and but we don't want those news in future we want everything to be neutralized so yes. when we want everything to be neutralized we want everybody with equal opportunity and equal support so from women as well i think rather than few leaders we want more leaders because if few leaders are going yes. to remain what change we are making to the world it's going to be the same i know you're just adding peanuts to the percentage i know the and here's a big one big question for you it's like what would you say looking back at your career what what would you say is the biggest and great your your biggest and greatest accomplishment of your career and life <laughs> <laughs> I think one decision was to choose cybersecurity in my masters if I would have not done that I think I wouldn't be here so at certain point I was choosing between uh studying artif- like not artificial intelligence exactly but mobile computing and cybersecurity so I was just confused like going to the hardware side or going to the software side of uh cybersecurity where should I go so I think making that decision was the life changing uh decision of my life and after that i think um choosing uh, and in like a job of an instructor moving from industry like i'm still in the industry now it's just 
changing roles which are not very common like people don't choose these roles very common so i think going with that decision i think was was again very life changing for me and i and i think the other two were like starting off with cyber preserve like bringing my own identity and uh starting off a community like bwwic i think i i never thought about it like close to two years now i would be talking about this i never thought about this it just happened on what i was going through in my life what as a woman i was feeling in the industry and what i should be doing for other women um and i was just finding a channel for myself so i think finding that channel now finding that voice for for my community where i can share everything freely uh, i think that's that's very very important i totally agree and uh what 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 do you think was the hardest thing you had to overcome in your cyber career so far I think I, I shared that. That was um, two things was there. One was my layoff, mm-hmm. and uh, the second was to switch careers within yep. cyber. It was yep. very oh, hard. Oh, those are really hard. Time. Okay, okay, we talked about that. Yeah, and lastly, uh, as we as we wrap up, who are you most grateful for in your career? Like, you want to, who, who do you want to thank for bringing you to where you are now? Yes, yes, of course. I think one would be my. university from where did i from where i completed my masters it was indira gandhi delhi technical university for women new delhi i think that that was uh, life changing for me that masters program and with that i i really got in those years some of the very strong women who are literally young but they are going to be trailblazers so i think saman fatima is there zoe britman is there like i i know i and zoe don't talk very often but I know she she's there for me. I'm there for her, and she she has been that uh, one woman who was there with me when I was going through my layoff. Us uh, and and when I say that, it means she was literally there. She she made every day of mine should be better, as I was feeling the worst. Um, Shruti Rupa Banerjee. Um, I was when I was running my cyber preserve program. I was running with a friend. She she left that. program like she was supporting me and i had to start a mentorship class and she just left a day before i had no one to support and i am answerable to people who have signed up for my mentorship classes she jumped in from nowhere and she was wow. like i'm going to help you she created a curriculum in a week for cryptography so wow. so i i i think women like them i think sarva roy sarva roy is um like i have known sarva for like year and a half now she's one woman who is silently supporting me the the foundation i and i think um the award which i won last year for for cyber jutsu i she 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 she's really one of the uh, one of the person who was very instrumental for nominating me uh for those awards and always encouraging me when in my low, like do my in my days when i'm feeling very sad megan jacko is has been my great support like recently i went to rsa and that was my first time she was there with me all the time she's so amazing jessica robinson lindom these are some of the women i really look up to and i i have those uh, these young women in my community like harini kriti i've seen ma seema is uh, is at a very manager role in cisco so uh, ruchira these these women are there who are wonderful wonderful like i i really owe to them where i am today excellent okay and we're just about time So again, I I want to thank you Asa for being my I'm on, on the Nosek podcast where we're at the intersection between neurodiversity and cybersecurity and thank you 
big thanks to your to BB your BB Wick group for winning the top nonprofit award last week. Thank it's, you so that much. Is incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I see you. Catch us again for the next that. episode. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for bye. having me.